Might as well say only fools rush in, but I can't help falling in love with you. Shall I stay? Would it be a sin if I can't help falling in love with you? There you go. (laughs) Very nice, Brian. Very nice, man. I don't think anybody's done the king. No? I don't think so, man. I sing it every day to my daughter to help her go to bed. I sing it like five times a day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it does? It totally helps her? Yep. Absolutely. Helps her fall asleep. And if she doesn't get it, she cries for it till, uh, till it happens. You know what I mean? That's nice. That's sweet, man. Well, welcome. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm I know you've been be listening for a little while. We've been chatting for a long while. And it's mm-hmm. finally getting you on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Deschamps, right? Correct. Yeah. Deschamps. That's it. What's, what is your background? Oh, geez. Okay. So on my mom's side, I got um, pure German and pure Polish kind of deal. And on my dad's side is a bunch of uh, other European, I guess, his ancestors are from New Brunswick, but they came from Europe. So I might have like Scottish, Irish, nice uh, stuff like that. Very European. Nice. You could say. Uh, DC Improvements. We're going to talk a lot about construction. Everybody can reach out to him. You can see him on the Instagram at DC underscore improvements. And your phone number is 519-404-0960. Yep. Correct. I got to do a quick shout out to the tee that I'm wearing, which is my older brother. He coaches uh, a girls basketball league uh, called Jewel. Uh, they're on Instagram. I'm trying to remember if it's like Jewel X Ontario at Jewel X Ontario. So he coaches the girls. Uh, way back in my film days, I did a short film about the boys that he was coaching. And soon after that film I made, he stopped coaching boys because they wouldn't listen. He started focusing on coaching girls because girls listen and so he's had great success with coaching the girls and he's been enjoying it and so he's he developed his league and now he i'm wearing his team just giving him a shout out there awesome so we're gonna have an interesting show we're gonna talk about construction loves the kind of construction but i do want to start off with the text that you sent me recently that i shared with a bunch of people okay basically reaffirming that politicians are all a-holes and they don't do shit for the construction industry so the text that you sent me that i'm talking about is that uh our premier who was recently reelected, uh, made a deal with six big land developers before his election or re-election uh, for some greenbelt areas in Ontario to develop. And then recently, Bill C-23 has been approved, so now you can build on those pieces of property that we're not able to build on them. Mm-hmm. Talk about Nancy Pelosi, talk about backdoor, talk about insider crap, talk about bullshit. I did send a text to Luca, who was recently on the show. Mm-hmm. He never replied. And it's just reaffirmed to all the most of the tradespeople that I've spoken to. Politicians have no none of our best interests at all. And mm-hmm. I think that basically we were all on our own. Absolutely. Yeah. From a, you know, a private sector perspective, um, it is just, you know, politicians are going to take care of, um, you know, who they can and who they want. And I just think that the construction industry um you know, we're, we're last on the totem pole. Like yeah. they, they look at us as in like, that's a you problem kind of deal. They, you know, they want more people 
in the construction trades and it's just not happening. You know what I mean? Uh, nobody wants to get in the trades anymore. I, I, I feel like, um, in, in regards to all that, um, political stuff, um, I'm more upset of, um, I, I would say when the houses are being built, I'm just scared that the honest trades people who are going to build it are not going to get paid what they should. I all, agree with all you. of the people, um, all of the suits, all of the, the investors, literally everybody else, um, in the process of building those homes are going to get paid a pretty penny. And then they're going to look at the, con- the, the people building it and, and we're still going to be struggling after. And it's, I don't know. I just find that irritating and, and it's not very nice. It, it sucks to think of, you know what I mean? That's all. It's interesting how you do talk about a lot of politicians are in bed, so to speak, with these massive builders that have become multimillionaires, billionaires, and uh, they started as us, tradespeople, contractors, or whatever. You came up with a business, started doing subdivisions, started growing, started rubbing elbows with elites and things like that. And now they take the bulk of the profit and then they squeeze like you said, the low person, low trades person on the pole to do a job for as little as possible so then they can still keep up their profits and still maintain all their wealth while we struggle. And then there's also the other end user, which is the homeowner. You've got the homeowner that's being sold a bill of goods that's supposed to be amazing, perfect. I'm an established builder. I've got this record. I only build quality. I'm at dinners with politicians i'm at dinners with this and that and i'm like trust me trust me trust me and you're like it's a facade it's a hundred percent facade and then they're given a home that's crap and then they have to deal with it after any and all warranties disappear and Mm -hmm. then you get this cycle this story where homeowners start blaming low person on the totem pole which is us again and i'm like why are we there's a bigger picture here trades people are only being given so much money to do a task but then business people are taking a lot of money mm-hmm. to build their brand but yet they don't point the finger at them and they don't point the finger at the politicians they point the finger at the tradesperson who came in and did the work because i guess that's the last person that was in their house instead of the first person who was a salesperson is that why we're the ones that are being blamed um it might be because it's it's easy and it honestly um I feel like in, in construction, it's always a fight to the bottom of who can do it the cheaper yeah. to make them the most money. And then when shit hits the fan, um, you know, it's it's bound to happen. And um, us, it gives us construction people, us, um, you know, professional construction uh, people, a, a very bad name. And I think it's a big turnoff from people trying to get into the industry if, if that's how it is known that we are treated. I think all these big builders, and I'll pick fights, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Um, I think all these big builders, if you get to a certain size as a business and you're making X amount of money, I think there should be a tradesperson tax. And what I mean by that is that a certain percentage of your profits should go into a fund not handled by the government, because that's just another line of abuse, a fund that feeds new tradespeople coming into the industry. It's scholarship, so to speak. Yeah, there's definitely got to be more money in for the people uh doing the work there's yes. there's got to be i don't know how else you're going to convince younger 
the younger generation to get into the trades when there's so many other careers that might be more appealing to them uh, during that uh, time to make for them uh, to make that decision in their life. Like right after high school, they're going to do what they um, what they're comfortable is. And if the techs are, you know, getting rid of trades, if they're becoming more tech heavy, they're going to be like, well, I'm used to sitting in a desk looking at a computer. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, it's ironic, though, eh, that we're all accepting the inflation that's going on right now with the insane amount of money that we're spending on groceries, the insane, insane amount of money that we're spending on fuel. And this is all dictated. Like, like this is exactly so they get their crude costs come in. Then they have all their taxes on top of that. And then this is your final cost. Why can't some sort of regulation be like that for tradespeople where, okay, fine. You want to hire somebody, a plumber costs this much period. There's no negotiation. There's no talking. This is what it costs to have this tradesperson come in. If you as a homeowner want to go through the, um, uh, the underground economy and go cash, then you can't bark about anything else. If you want to go legitimate, which is what we would always encourage anybody to do, is that you get three quotes from a legitimate tradespeople that are properly insured, licensed, set up, legal, everything like that. And then I guarantee you they're all within the same price point. Those are the people that you're hiring. But those rates need to be higher. Like we've already expressed it on this show that the average GC here in Ontario in 2021 is 56 K. That's mm-hmm. what they're making annually. Right. There's no way that these huge builders that recently bought this green belt are making 56 K. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They're probably not even paying 56 K in taxes. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just like the government needs to stop kissing th- those asses and start basically saying that a gc should be making 96k a, a year that's what they should be saying saying that these are the prices this is the salary and it's justifiable yeah it, it the problem is is that it's all like i guess private sector like there's no regulations of being like um you know the plumber should pay this much like if you want three quotes um for a specific job as, as much as it sucks like the the client is most likely going to go for the for the bottom just because we don't know their financial situation like we don't know what's going through their minds we don't know all that kind of stuff and i find that the the best clients are the ones i don't want to say the best clients but the the more cautious clients the more real clients are the one that have been burned because you burn once yeah and 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 let's be real when we're talking construction money it's not a couple hundred dollars like if you get burned you're it's a big hole in your pocket but we want to know about the whole burn we know the way burn happens on tv it's always the contractor's fault it was always a bad contractor that did something wrong and poor little client homeowner Mm -hmm. never deserved this stuff but i know for a fact there's plenty of shows because i know the behind the scenes of certain shows and i'm like it was a client choosing a cash-based non-legit contractor and that's what they wanted to pay they didn't want to pay the proper price so then they got what they paid for and mm-hmm. then it fell Absolutely. apart. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, superhero here comes in and says, well, you hired the wrong contractor and they shouldn't do this. And then all of a sudden, it's a blanketed statement over the whole industry, which is not the truth. So I do blame the clients and the homeowners, too, that there should be a questionnaire before you actually start a job. Like if you don't have the funds to do a proper rental in the way it should be done, mm-hmm. then don't do it. You postpone it and wait. But if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, that's not our fault. Yeah. I also think that a lot of... Um like your middle class uh, customers, they they don't know all too much, and they they don't they're not educated in the trades. They they are literally trusting the person coming into into their house. They they don't know anything about them or or anything like that. Could have been a good reference, and and that's it. You're just putting a lot of trust on this on this one person. 
So how do we start? You, it, you can't change this. All you can do is just try to make our perspective of what we think the industry should be like grander. You know what I mean? Like we strengthen numbers. If everyone starts doing the legitimate way of building things and you start networking together as a pool and the cash guys, the cash trades people, they're going to always be there. Yeah, absolutely. But there's also going to be the clients who are always going to go to that. And it was just, it was really ironic because uh, like this week I passed by uh, TT Mac was holding uh, the, the CITT uh, test, right? For the di- tiling uh, six hour test that you can get certified. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, one, two, three, four, five, they had seven people there, seven trades people, seven tile setters there. Mm-hmm. And there was two there, I swear, had no business being there. And, and they were tiling and I was watching this and it was a car crash. And I'm like, but this is what this person's going in there thinking that I know how to tile. I'm looking at this and I go, I know how to tile. And they're somehow convincing, whether they are convincing the client to tile a project of theirs because the right price has been presented to them, or they are an employee of a business that just sends out a bunch of guys to go to a job and do it and just do it. You have, you have six hours to do this job, do this job. Mm-hmm. And then they're leaving the job horrible. And I've, I've been burned like that too. I've had like somebody else do a job for me. And then all of a sudden I go, you take care of everything. They hire somebody, a reputable company. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you meet the owner of that company and then they start the job and the owner is nowhere in sight. Then the person that they've hired, which is another person I've never met, they start doing the job. You question things about the scope. Then you start watching. You're like, that's not the way it's supposed to be done. Then you get this conversation between this person saying, well, this is how I've always been doing it. This is, I have one day to do this and I have to get this done. And so it's like shortcut after shortcut after shortcut. And then you start complaining. And then the owner of the company starts saying that, well, you're asking too much for the price that was offered. I go, no, I'm asking Mm -hmm. for a good job for the price that was agreed upon. Correct. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. Um, I always think that the, the quality should always be there. It doesn't matter how much you pay. I, I do, but I do think that if you, you know, the price is the price. And if you say that you're going to deliver uh, a certain amount of work, it should, it should be as best as your ability. It should be, uh, it should be um, industry's kind of standard. Like it should be good work. It shouldn't be shit. It shouldn't be going there, fuck shit up. Uh, hopefully they don't notice something and hide. Like it, it can't be like that. Uh, Cause that's how, that's what gives, uh, you know, the industry a bad name and kind of in the first place is people who do that. Do you think that there's a lot of small, these little companies that are basically just mirroring what these big players are doing where they're just taking all the profits and then they're hiring these low trades people on the pole and you go in, you got this much time. This is how much you're getting paid. You go over to time. doesn't matter. You're getting paid this. Absolutely. If you got to go back and do a callback. It's on your dime, not on my dime. And then they just take the profit. They don't care about any of the accountability. Yeah, I I was a a sub uh, contractor there for a big company, so it was for a big company. But I subcontracted under uh, that big company, so I was like the third person in line, and they gave you a set price. It wasn't that I I did the scope for the work. I didn't give them an estimate. They're like, this is the scope, and this is your budget. And but that it, never matched, right? Like when you looked at it, it never matched. No, it, it, it should have been more. And then I would always go to that, the, the company I was subcontracted for. And then they're like, oh, but the big company tells us our price. So I don't know if they were playing that ball kind of deal. You know what I mean? Given that excuse. But um, because I was the GC on that job, if there was something um, that was 
not on the scope of work. You rip out a wall, something else is there. Like a, an example was I ripped out a built-in vanity and there was like a three-inch pipe under it and they had a custom vanity. And I was like, like, what the fuck is this? Not going to work. Yeah. And, and so basically the client went to uh, the company and was like, what the fuck is this? And it was actually really hairy between them and they didn't want to pay more. Um, like the client didn't want to pay more. Nobody wanted to pay. So I, I literally ate it. I did. I had to eat, fucking eat it. I, what, I just, what year, like, how many years into construction were you at now at that point? I don't, like, maybe three. Okay, so you're just getting started into the industry. Yeah, but I've been, that, that was like my, um, that was my, like, being in business for three years. That wasn't, like, in the industry. Like, my industry was, uh, or I got into the industry when I, like, fresh out of high school kind of deal. And I'm really good at what I do, but... You said this many, many times before, like a lot of people know how to um, do, the, do the trade, do the work and stuff like that, but not many people know how to run the company. And I think no. that if you are going to be a, a company owner in, in this construction industry, you, like, you really need to, to know your shit. You need to know your regulations. You need to know what you need. Because I, I just, I haven't had any other, um, you know, experience in any under, other industry. So I can't say that the, the con- having a, a construction uh, business is very easy, um, but I know that it's not. I, I just think that as a business owner in construction, you really, you need a lot kind of deal. It's do a you, lot but more. Do you, do you really, like, I go back to the cash on the ground. Mm-hmm. Do you really need all of that? Because the thing is, and I've had this discussion, I bring it up and I challenge the industry. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe the cash on the ground uh, versus us, legitimate, they're making more profit. Uh, by the cash on the ground, what do you what do you mean by that? People come in and will give us scope, and I go, listen, I'll do this job. Uh, normally, it would cost this, but I can do it for this if it's all cash. Uh, you know, and they don't even have a conversation about um, WSIB. They yeah. don't have a conversation about insurances. They don't have a conversation about warranty. They don't have any insurance about brand recognition or anything like that. It's ABC. I'm a Joker tradesperson coming up showing up with a vehicle with a magnet on it or whatever yeah that's the underground economy so we can save you all this money if you hire us but then buyer beware at that point i honestly believe that they're making more profit than us because we have all of that stuff to make us legitimate absolutely it costs us so much money to make us legitimate mm-hmm. yeah and uh, the people are able to undercut you because they don't have that overhead and the unfortunate part is is the people who are doing it right who are doing everything legal, you know, stuff like that. When you go to give a free quote, you don't get that time back. Chances are they're just taking your quote and, and shopping around oh, with they it. they do that all the time. Um, I used to, in the early days, I would have a stipulation in my, that, that quote saying, you're not allowed to show this to anybody else. Yeah. Legal and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like a couple did. And I just said, well, you know what? It's a vetting question at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work with this person if they're going to do that, if they're going to cost, compare, and whatever. There was one client who even took the samples, the full tile samples that I brought, mm-hmm. and then showed it to the other contractors asking them, okay, can you install this tile? This tile's from this location, this supplier, and all this other crap. And I'm like, you can't do that. I don't want to work with you. This is not the kind of, this is not how you do treat the, This is not how you respect the industry. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't like how people don't give a flying fuck about your time. Like if like because we do give uh, free quotes, it gives the client um, like just curiosity. How much would this cost? And then 
you, you and I know that as a GC, it's not a square footage thing. You need to go, you need to see the place, you need to take your measurements. You gotta, you really gotta dissect it to try to make sure that you cover all your bases yeah. and shit like that. We forget little things that cost us money. Yeah, yeah. E- exactly. And then, um, and then you go give the quote, and then they're like, "Fine." I, I remember this time, uh, this guy was an HVAC guy. Uh, I guess he worked for the union. Um, I guess he was on strike, and he's just like, "I got the blueprint." Um, and all the permits to make my basement uh, a legal apartment, you know, four bedroom and stuff. And he's like, I want to quote. And I was like, sure. And I worked all day for it. It was a pretty fucking penny. I called him back. I was like, hey, you know, um, what do you think? of it? He's like, oh, I'm just going to do it myself. After I gave him a list by list fucking item of everything he had to fucking do. And I got paid fucking nothing for it. I, I've done that before, but I was there. And, and whenever I hear a client say, we want to turn it into a legal apartment, legal dwelling legal and i say okay do you realize what that statement means like we need to start speaking about secondary entrance egress window the hvac system all like sound fire everything illegally this is how it's going to get built and then they are deer in the headlight they don't realize that that's not illegal because that's never been presented on tv by income property idiot right like that's not they don't dive into the details of exactly what it costs right Mm-hmm. so it's just at that point they say well i didn't know that i didn't realize that i go well there's no point for me to continue this conversation because i'm only going to build you a legal apartment mm-hmm. right if you don't want to do that then that's on you and then you'll have to deal with it sure you can get away with it you can make it whichever way you want but then if there is and i'm not wishing it if something does happen you as a homeowner you're on the hook for this absolutely it's it's at the end of the day it's it's their house as you say like king of the castle like that's their house if they don't want to invest in um if they don't want to pay the proper price to get stuff done properly, then they, I, I hate to say it, but they deserve all the, the bad consequences that, that come with owning a home and trying to cut corners. Like that's their. Why, why did you get into construction, Brian? I. Out of high school? I got out of high school. I can, I can tell you my whole, the whole fucking shablamily. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm always fascinated yeah, by yeah, yeah, why yeah. someone comes into this. I'm also fascinated by why someone leaves. Okay. I pay attention to the exit, whether that's retirement or just scaling back mm-hmm. or getting out because they've had enough of the bullshit, mm-hmm. right? And there's been a, a, a good chunk of people that have left for those reasons, right? But I'm, I, I'm still fascinated by the, the person that gets in. Okay, yeah. The, the reason why I originally got into the trades, it was right in, um, like in high school, I tried to do sciences. I wanted to be a paramedic. It, like, I don't know, learn about mitochondria. It just didn't stick with me, you know what I mean? And... um. And then I was like, I'm going to try the trades and, and show you that. And my best friend at the time, his his father owned a construction company, carpenter, uh, stuff like that. So I was like, fuck it, why not? Um, and also another main reason, one of the biggest reasons why I got into the trades is because I didn't want to um, rely on anyone else to fix my home. I wanted to fix my own home. I didn't want to have to call people you know what I mean? Deal with their schedule, their price, shit like that. I'm like, if, if, if I'm the king of the castle, I'm going to take care of it. And I'm going to take pride in my, in my home. Um, so that's why, that's the original reason why I got in. So then all the stories. So basically after high school, I went into uh Conestoga college for reno tech uh, program. It was a two year uh, diploma program. Good program. It, it was good. It was like a branch off of carpentry. Uh, we got, to do like a little bit of everything, you know what I mean? A little bit of electrical, a little bit of plumbing. It was almost like the, yeah, like the, the residential, you know, um, construction trade. You just learned a little bit of everything. And 
um, because you got a little taste of everything. If you wanted to branch off to something else, you're like, oh, I really like plumbing. Then maybe some guys went out to be a plumber and, you know, shit like that. I, I really liked it. How far back is this, Brian, that you were at school there? Um, holy fuck. 2010? 2010? Yeah, yeah. What was the vibe like? You being a student, you're there. And how many other students are in the classroom there? Uh, there was, it was, it was a full kind of class. It was, there was a good 20, 25 people in it at the time. They actually had two uh, different, uh, you know, classes or, or sections to the class. Like you had the A class and the B class kind of deal, taking the same course. It was, it was all right. How was that group of people? Um, there were people who, who came out of high school, not knowing what the fuck they want to do. There were, there was one guy that was there that was a landlord and wanted to fix up his properties himself. There, there was a very wide range of, of people in that, in that course. Okay. Um, were they hungry? Were they really interested, passionate about the industry or was it like, well, that landlord's just there trying to figure out how can I save a buck? Cause I'm going <laughs> to do it myself. Absolutely. Right. I'll call you, get me a quote, figure out exactly what I got to do. And then I'll do it myself. <sighs> Fuck man. Right. Well, no, but that's it. We've <laughs> yeah. all been burned that way. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I would say for the most part, it, it was basically just like high school with, with trades. Like people just sat there, did the work that they were supposed to do, took, took the tests and stuff like that. It was it was just like you enjoyed it though you learned i did i I did learn a lot uh for the most part a lot of theory um and and might i say before i uh did this program i had absolutely zero experience in construction except digging fucking holes and and stuff like that like i've never really worked uh in the industry um got it and and i got and i gotta say because i didn't know anything um in the industry it was basically like learning fucking science, but in like a, a different subject. You know what I mean? I did have to learn a lot more terminology. I did have to learn, you know, more, more shit in that sense. You know what I mean? So it's not like if you don't know um, uh, construction, you know what I mean? You do have to start from the bottom. You have to learn from the bottom. You have yeah. to learn all the basics and, and kind of all that shit. Um, everyone, so, everyone starts from the bottom, man. Ex- exactly. So, yeah, after that uh, program, I worked um, for my friend's father, as I said. Um, he was just like, we'll give you an apprenticeship, uh, shit like that in carpentry. And so uh, the the original, um, I guess, deal with apprenticeships was uh, you need one person, like one journeyman per one apprentice in your company, right? Yeah. But then just then there was the, um, I don't know, the new fucking rule where it's just like you need three journeymen per apprentice. And so it was my employer hired a, a journeyman just for me. And he made the, um, the meeting for the apprenticeship uh, representative. And they were just like, we can't give it to you because of these new regulations. And I just recently talked to a high school teacher and they're just like, we understand that now. And we got rid of it. But during that time I wanted an apprenticeship and I wouldn't get it. And I, Honestly, was pretty discouraging. It really fucking sucked. So that goes back to politicians and their rules. I, I guess I don't know. I don't even oh, know. No, no, it's not, it wouldn't be them. It's going to be you. No, is it union? No, uh, college of trades maybe. Yeah, college I, of trades exactly. I but I don't know what they were thinking. If they really wanted people to get into the to an apprenticeship and stuff like that, you want to make it easier for for kids and and shit like that because what well, if, you want to make it attractive. Yeah, hundred percent and. And with as little hurdles as possible, yes. you know what I mean? Very, very yes. easy. Um, and so after uh, that, I still worked for the guy. Actually, here's here's a story. So I know I look like a big burly man, but I'm a, I'm a 
pretty sensitive guy and I'm, I'm not afraid to, to say it. And I know that um, a lot of people here um, look at construction as being, you know, very hard ass, very tough guy, tough guy. Absolutely. So, tough guy. <laughs> so do you know, like the whole thing with uh, yelling at your employees and that's how you get, which them I've work? never done once, not once in my whole career. Yeah. I, I think it, it's bullshit, but um, there was, so the boss that I had, my friend's dad, he was one of these guys that fucking yelled at you and Tough stuff guy. like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there was uh there was a time where, you know, my bottle was filling and shit like that. I couldn't handle anymore. He's yelling at me. I had I remember I had a piece of fucking wood in my hand and um I just, he's like, do this, do this, do this. And I just took this piece of, I didn't hit him. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. thought that's where we might have been going. No, no, no. Listening to the, to the, to the story, I can see why a lot of people <laughs> would jump to that conclusion. But I just start, I be, started beating the ground. It was a concrete ground. It was in the garage. And he looked at, he just looked at me and he's like, what the fuck, man? Just do your fucking job and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then like, honestly, I, I honestly went to the bathroom and I bawled my fucking eyes out, man. And I'm not scared to say it and i'm sure it happens more than people probably. and want probably. to admit and you shouldn't be afraid either about sharing that right uh, of course i bet you a lot of trades men mm -hmm. and women are going through that kind of that's exactly how they handle it. it exactly and and um so basically what happened is yeah i just went to the bathroom i cried for like five minutes i came out my eyes were all fucking puffy my face was all red obviously and then the and then the guy was like you know the business owner just went to me and he's just like okay let's go out for a smoke and we're like, okay, because he, he knew what happened, right? Like, I, I was, it was so obvious. I just fucking cried, right? And we were just outside. And he's like, you know, Brian, you just need to understand that this is how I make my money. This is how I make my living. So please understand it is not personal. It is, it is just business. Mm. And after that, he didn't treat me any different, but I never took that personally. And I think that was, I, I would say, like a growing point in like working in the trades like if somebody's yelling at you to get something done it is not because they're trying to hurt your feelings it is not because they don't fucking like you it, it is because they're just trying to make money in an industry that is, is cutthroat and they're, they're just trying to get paid and they're trying to fucking go home and they're trying to enjoy the rest of their lives everybody everybody in the industry is in the same boat man exactly so um the the unfortunate part to this story is um it got to a point after that summer that i worked with him he unfortunately got uh stage four uh brain cancer and, oh, and he did have to pass away um it, it was very sad what a, what a shitty fucking kind of situation how old was he 49 whoa and, and it came out of nowhere so basically his son went to trade school and and i was there because he's like i'll keep you busy you know because i was his only employee it was just me and him and I never heard from him for like two weeks. I was like, what's going on? And that's when his son went to my door and was just like, he just got diagnosed. And and, and I want to say this story because you really just don't know what the fuck's going on with. And everybody's life. Uh, exactly. Like, um, so after that, um, I got, it, it was winter time. And then I got into a snow removal company. I lasted three weeks, man. Oh, that's a hard job. It, because oh. you're out you're out at the worst <laughs> times ever. You're all by yourself. It's just, yeah. The the yeah. shoveling I lasted three weeks, man. For all for all the guys, listen, if you do snow removal, hats off to you. It it's is hard. It is labor intensive. You're you're outside in the freezing cold. You go back in your in your truck. Um, you know, you get nice and comfortable and then you gotta go back out in the fucking cold again. And that itself itself is it's exhausting and you gotta uh you know what I mean? You need to um 
I don't know. You just got to go to fucking work, man. It's, it's hard. Tough. It's tough. Absolutely. And then um, I lasted three weeks and then the springtime came and I actually worked. I have to say that this company was the most um, built construction business I've kind of worked at. It was the first time that I actually saw what a construction business is run. So basically... Uh, they were a landscaping company building custom decks, fences, you know, swimming pools, the whole nine yards. You want a beautiful backyard, you call this company, they'll make it happen. And so um, I always used to think that the construction company was just one guy and an accountant. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's, what, that's what I thought. And then you go and you see this company, and I'll never forget that you're in the front room, like in the waiting area, you see the the boss's office, you see the office of the, the son's, you know, the son's office kind of deal. And then there was a door that had a, had a window in it. And I looked in and it literally looked like straight from a fucking movie of people fucking running around, like 10 people doing office work. Really? Kind of deal. Yeah. And, and that was a big eye opener because I was like 21, 22. I didn't know anything about business. Right. And I'm just like, what, I wonder what the fuck those, those people are doing. And now I know they're doing all that admin work kind of deal that, Nobody, nobody talks about, nobody's aware of that needs to ha- kind of happen here in this industry, right? Um, uh, and then after that, I made the, the decision. It was only a seasonal job, so I worked there until the fall. And then out of the blue, I, um, I was just like, I'm going to move in uh, to Mississauga and I'm going to get a, uh, a union job and because I want my, my ticket. So this, um, sorry, one sec. Yeah, go Sorry. So um, I wanted to um, get my, my carpentry ticket and the company that I worked for, that landscaping company, nobody was licensed. There was no uh, licensed carpenter, so I couldn't get my apprentice. And that's what I, what I wanted to do. I wanted to get yeah. my, my apprenticeship. And so uh, I moved to Mississauga before I actually got a job with the union, which kind of a no-no. You never want to quit a job before you have another one lined of up, course, right? Of course, yeah. And I called the union. They're like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Never heard back. I actually called the, like the Ontario apprenticeship office and never heard a, a word from them. I was out of work for, for a while. Right. And then I actually just went to a temp agency and was just like, I, I want to fucking work in, in construction, like get me somewhere. And I worked for, um, a construction company that did, uh, like fire halls and shit like that. And they were all union union workers. And I asked them, like, how do you get in? They're like, you just got to keep fucking calling them. Keep calling, keep calling. Like, you got to harass them. And and finally I did. Uh, I got in. I called them a couple times. I got to the apprenticeship lady. She's like, okay, come on in. We'll sign you up and all that kind of stuff. Um, but with my background, with my passion, I love residential construction kind of deal. I love the, the, the small. But you can't fault. You're, you're going to learn from different. Absolutely. Bad supervisors, bad GCs, commercial, high rise, you know, you're going to, you're going to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I love, uh, but yeah, I, I went to my first union job was scaffolding outside. Very hard work. I'm, I'm, I still think my shoulder is totally fucked from it. You know what I mean? Like it's hard work They're You're fucking giving it. And are your ears still ringing? Uh, it might be from other things, but yeah, just bang, 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 bang. That's and, all it is. And yeah, I got, I got to say, man, that was, that was some hard work uh, for the union there. And, and, and I don't know what these pe- the, the stigma is about 
union workers being like, oh, they don't get paid in, or no, they don't, they don't work and shit like that. Like they're lazy and stuff. Like I know that people say that and I'm like, that's total bullshit. Like work like fucking dogs, man. Yeah. Um, and so I did scaffolding for about a year and a half. And then I asked, um, like the union rep, if he had any other jobs, like, I, I don't know. I was just like scaffolding just ain't for me. And I'll be honest, man. I don't like heights. It, it, yeah that's right i'm and talking you're doing scaffolding yeah it was it was uncomfortable right but i'm just like i gotta get my apprenticeship i gotta get you know get the work done i gotta make money and stuff like that i'm and and i was always just like i'll get used to it i'll get used to it, it just never happened you know what i mean and i and i just accepted it i'm like i'm not gonna make myself feel uncomfortable and and, and stuff like that if i don't have to so i called the union rep i was like so what other uh workers there they're like um uh we can do uh retail and i did a couple of of retail stores. Oh, commercial spaces. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big commercial. So Saks off fifth. Yeah, yeah. So I, I built a couple of those. And then after that kind of happened, um, I, I didn't hear anything from, from anyone. Did you get all your hours by then? Or no, not yet? No, no, no. So I'm still a level three uh, carpenter, like carpenter apprentice. Yeah. And then I was handing out uh, wedding invitations. Uh, and then one of my like uncles was getting their um, basement finished and I talked to the contractor and he was looking for a guy and I, I worked with him for about a year and a half. And, and I got to say that this guy's life, it, it was just him and an accountant. And, you know, he woke up, got his kid to school. He, he did his work. Um, after like five, six o'clock, picked up his kid from school, put him to bed and he would literally be doing paperwork from like eight to one in the morning every day. He showed you all the ins and outs of his business, the way he set it up? Um, not really, but he did kind of show me, he, he did tell me like to be uh, a licensed person, like a licensed company, all you need is an HST number. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and stuff like that. Um, he didn't really, I don't know, show me anything more than that. Well, that's the one thing that I got from him kind of deal. You know what I mean? And then we were just working at a job and I'm just like, uh, I want to start doing my own thing kind of deal. I actually had a, um, a client I gave a quote to at the corner of like Eglinton and Allen who wanted like a retaining wall, um, built whatever. And it was good money. And they were like, you got the, you got the job. And we're talking like $18,000 from a guy that's making like 700 a week. I, I deposited that check in my, my bank. And I was just like, whole oh, fuck. Like felt like a fucking boss walking yeah, out of that ATM. Yeah, right. Cause I you're know. looking at we that. We all right? have that feeling. Yeah. Exactly. And then I went, I went to my boss. I told him about it. He was very understanding about it and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so then I started the jobs and this is where a lot of lessons were learned. Um, so on this first job, you, you just think of, um, just get the fucking work done. Like how bad could it be kind of deal? Right. So there, the job was that, uh, there was a wooden, uh, retaining wall yeah. that there, and there was a tree in front of the house, um, that was pushing the wooden retaining wall onto the sidewalk. And the job was to build a new retaining wall of stone to make it nice. How big was the tree? It was about, the trunk was about four feet in diameter. It was Whoa. fucking huge. Listen, retaining wall, lose, tree, win. It's just, <laughs> yeah. This was going to happen. And, and so, obviously, and, you know, I don't mind saying this, um, 
but basically I did the mistake not calling the city about the tree. I didn't do any of that. I was just like, I, I did know that you're not allowed to touch a tree, but I was like, it's in the ground. It's the roots. It should be fine. What a fucking, what a fucking idea. Right. So I'm, I'm literally cutting the That's roots. That's the part of the tree that you're not allowed to touch. Yeah, I know. All the tree. You're not allowed to touch any fucking yeah, tree. Yeah. So I, you start cutting roots? Yeah. I started uh, just, it was only like six inches too of, of roots that I had to, had to fix. And then a neighbor starts fucking coming out. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing with the tree? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what the fuck are you talking about? They're like, you're not allowed to touch the tree. And I was like, uh, okay, uh. Are, are you sure kind of deal? Like it's, it's, it's the roots of the tree and it's sticking out on the sidewalk. Like I need to do this for my job. And then she's like, Oh, you got to call the city. And blah, blah, blah. Like just made a huge fucking thing of it. So I'm not there to cause trouble. I'm, I'm, I'm there to be like, okay, no problem. And then I called the, the city. I called what? Three one one or something. And I was like, um, so this is what happened. And then the guy came, I, I was just outside working the next day and he looked like a young guy, sunglasses in his, you know, three three one one little coupe kind of car. And I was like, okay, if he has any questions, he'll let me know. Uh, shit like that. And then I just I was just working out backyard and I came back like five minutes later, he was gone. And I was like, okay, I wonder if they, they're gonna call me or something like that. Took some pictures or whatever. Yeah, I took took pictures and stuff like that. And then I got to say, my clients were very understanding. These were like top tier clients, which I think set the bar very high for for other clients kind of deal. Like my expectations of clients were high. And then I got a call from a client later that night and he's like, hey, Brian, how how are you doing today? I was like, I'm okay. How are you? He's like, I'm all right. And he's like, actually not good, Brian. Not good at all. I just got a $650 ticket in my mailbox because somebody's cutting a tree in my front yard. And I was like, really? Because I figured that if the city had any problems because I called, yeah. they would they would talk to me and I didn't want to stress out the homeowner any any more than than I kinda had to. And and he's just like, Brian, you just you just gotta communicate that stuff to me. But I honestly didn't know that the client was in charge or liable for that tree. I figured that if anyone was getting in trouble, it would have been me, but it was it was the client. It was a client. He was very, very understanding. He was okay, but you know that was that was a lesson learned on that fucking job. Um, you know, you're not allowed certain materials so close to the tree and shit like that. But, but yeah, again, like you, when when you branch off from being an employee to a business owner, especially in construction, there's a lot of shit you don't know. You don't know, and that's just a perfect. Um, but everybody thinks that they can do it it's like they can handle it there's all kinds of stuff yeah, that uh, yeah, you don't know just, about exactly like when you're working you see your boss you're like what are you doing like you're not here working they're they're giving quotes they're they're doing a lot of other fucking work that you don't even know is needed to to run the company it was only owning a company was very humbling and i'm very happy i i'm i did it kind of deal um and then you know i had other other clients who were um I don't know, some, some were understanding and, and just some weren't, weren't, you know what I mean? Like there are clients who are very happy that you're there, um, you know, doing the work, making their dreams come true. And there's others that just don't give two fucking shits about you. Um, one, 
It's a learning process, though. We, uh, trust me, man. We've all done it in the beginning. We we're, we're all like, okay, I'll take the job. I'll take the job, and then you don't have all the answers. And you should really be speaking to other tradespeople that may have gone through similar situations to see mm -hmm. if you could pick their brain. You can do your research about going online and taking a look at the city's website, but that's you got a better chance of you know figuring out other things. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just there. It's difficult. There's a lot of hurdles, but it's not as easy as a lot of the younger trades think, well, I'm going to go on my own. I can yeah. make a lot more money. Absolutely. You can lose a lot more money too, mm -hmm. and you can get fined and you can, you have all these other headaches that are attached to it. Sure. You're your own boss. It's great. It's wonderful, but mm -hmm. you don't know. Yeah. It's all that liability. Like the, you, you got a tons more liability and that's the thing. Like you need liability insurance and, and shit like that. Um, I had one client, he was an absolutely great client but a good uh, example of a shitty contractor is uh he was going to sell his house and he wanted to make it open concept well this guy took out like a main support support beam yeah and um just took out the wall didn't yeah yeah like you know open concept in a house so he started like taking it down and and i don't know how but uh the the homeowner was just like what the fuck that's a main support wall kind of deal what was his business called house of cards Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> bullshit contract. I don't know. But I have no idea how he found him or, or anything like that. I think he said it was like a reference from a friend or something. Uh, but wow. but do you know what's the, the, the cherry on top is that the the structure of the, the building was compromised. Was compromised. And then the contractor goes to him and it's like, burn the house down and then we'll claim the insurance money. Yeah. That was the solution for compromising the structure of yeah. this. Wow. Because there's never an investigation when it comes to a fire in an in an insurance claim. Yeah, that scale. Yeah, I, I guess so. I just, the the guy told me that. You got to give him like maybe four out of ten for creativity on that one. Yeah, but I'm I'm just like I can't believe like like these people are in people's houses and and clients are supposed to be trusting these guys. Like I don't know, man. It, it really fucking. But we don't me. know the whole story too, and I, like I, I don't always fault the client. I'm just mm -hmm. saying that if they did go and try to hire somebody for half the cost of what it should cost, mm -hmm. and they found this person just fly by night somewhere, and they show up in a I don't know Toyota Corolla with a magnet on it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, there's flags, there's red flags that are just popping up. I mean, like there's there's a reason why legitimate contractors show up a certain way or have a presence online a certain way or have all their licenses and insurance and and they're they're proud to drop off a certificate from WSIB. They're proud to sh send off a certificate for their insurance and how much they have coverage. They're proud of all that stuff. There's a reason why. And if mm -hmm. your tradesperson that you're hiring is just about showing up and then giving you a price and just verbally saying it to you or even scratching it on a piece of note and going, this is what I could do. I could even drop it this much if I got rid of the tax. Yeah. You know, then don't hire that person. Yeah. I, I think the, I, I think to like fix, fix the problem with bad contractors too. Like there are certain, um, I don't think we fix the problem with bad contractors. Um, you know what we do? We just keep we, on building better contractors. Yeah. So, I and I also think that um, if you're going to buy a home, if if that's going to be the king of your castle, you need to be somewhat educated in in your house. Like you should know you need certain permits. You before you buy a house, before you are a, a registered homeowner, I think that there should be some i don't know some kind of a a test that shows like you know what a house is and you know what it takes to run a house to how, how many times you had a client ask you do you need a permit to do this 
I've, I've been asked that thousands of times and I just answer, you need a permit for everything, period. You yeah. need a permit to demolish things. Mm-hmm. You need a permit for everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't think one client has ever asked me, hey, do I need a permit for that? Not, not one client. Really? Yeah. They're, they're just like, I want, like, just fix this or fix that and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, there's I'm not going to. There's a process. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that. There's a process. And, and it's always the people who do it cheaper than you. They don't, they don't get the permits and, and stuff like that. But I, I think it's all about the, the homeowners just not understanding the process of, of renovations and remodelings and stuff. You know. I agree. I want I want to shift gears here a little bit of history. I want to tell everybody oh, here. Fuck yeah. uh, total residential renovation e- expenditures in Canada. This is Canadian, um, so this is all across Canada. Expenditures on home renovations, including additions, alterations, upgrades, and equipment and installations made to homes in order to increase their value. Nineteen eighty. What what year were you born in? Ninety one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like two years out of high school. Uh, 1980, the, the country of Canada spent $16.7 billion on some sort of renovation. 85, they spent $22 billion, increase of 31%, uh, 31.7%, so five years later. 1990, uh, they spent $26.8 billion. 1995, they spent $21.7 billion. 2000, they spent $25 billion. 2005, they spent $43.2 billion. What a huge jump, eh? From 2000 to 2005. Mm-hmm. That's a 72% jump. 2010, they spent $55.6 billion. 2015, they spent $61.3 billion. 2020, they spent $65.5 billion. And then 2021, they spent $75.9 billion. So sure. I'm actually a little surprised by this, that over a 40-year, 41-year uh, year period, it's only it's, it's increased five times. Yeah, it could 5X. be. Five X. It could be, you know, inflation of the products. It could be uh, the land. But I, I just feel like the amount of money that the, uh, the people building those homes are still not... It, it, their profit doesn't increase like that five times. You know what I mean? No, our wages haven't increased like this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, I'll argue that the bigger builders, the millionaires, the players out there, their profit has, I bet you higher than that. Absolutely. So they're still building. And, and these guys are not, they're not jokers. They're business people. They know what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're negotiating deals with all of their materials. They've got a subdivision to build 300 homes or whatever it is you're going to give me a sheet of drywall for pennies for an exaggeration i'm saying right because i'm going to order x amount of drywall right so you're this is the price you're going to give me you're going to lock it in and shut up and if you don't give me that i'm going to go to your competition and they will give it to me so then it's another race to the bottom so it's like you're taking advantage of the people the boots on the ground that's where i go back to so i mean all these numbers this is going to be interesting to see what 2022 is going to be about because even Luca himself said that in, in the last year, 100,000 of the 756,000 homes that were built in the last 10 years here in Ontario um, came from last year, 100,000 of those homes just in one year. So yeah. I, I, I can only assume that it's, it might be 85 billion, it might even be 90 billion was spent in 2022. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's a lot of, um, you know, as the saying goes, or as I like to say, uh, people. People make people, but only tradespeople make properties. Only tradespeople make I like that. Make make roofs over heads. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So if the population just keeps going higher and if the if less and less people get in or less people get into the trades, then like less homes are going to be built and, you know, property values are going to keep going up. It's kind of scary because the thing is that you have all these established builders and successful business owners, whether they're small renovation companies or massive ones, mm-hmm. they have figured out the game of making profit. And they just focus on that. Whether that is the right thing to do, because they do, I think to make profit, you have to take advantage of boots on the ground. Yeah, that, that's also the thing. It, now, it could be um, any company or it could be any other industry or stuff like that. But I always hate it when a company has to take money from the workers and not the clients. You know what I mean? I agree. But the thing is, then you get into the argument about if you spend that extra, that's where that whole argument on a a past show about passion versus profit, Mm -hmm. right? It's just like at some point you're going to have negotiating powers with yourself saying, am I passionate or am I profitable? And these individuals that are very hugely successful Mm -hmm. uh, to that dollar value and going to dinners with politicians, they fuck passion and embrace profit. Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I can't, I can only speak for myself, but you know what I'm, yeah, that just bugs me, especially like uh, construction people. I know we had this conversation before of how like we're just, we're beating our bodies. Like our bodies aren't the same. If we, if we weren't so labor intensive, I'm sure that we'd be a lot better off uh, kind of deal. And then afterwards, like everyone's, I, I feel like it, it's very cutthroat, the construction industry with the boots on the ground. Like everyone on the boots on the ground are, are trying to climb over each other. And I, I yep. just feel like we'd, we'd be much better off if we, we were always just trying to help each other out. Like we were, I don't, I don't know how I, how see, I that's, see it. That's why I was saying, I agree with you. I, I was saying is that you, you're never going to get rid of the cash. You're never going to get rid of these jokers. All you can do is keep on making our segment of the industry bigger add more people into that segment that's all you can really do so if you keep on educating new trades that are coming in and explaining to them that there is a way to do this to be profitable and to have a successful business a successful career you have to just join our team instead of that team right you have to and then contribute to this team as well keep backing us up yeah i i think um hmm. what do you think um I, I do think to get more people into the trade, you need, I, I don't know if you, so the biggest, um, I think company in Ontario, I think I did research. It was like PCL. And what they do is they, they split the profits between the workers. I think a lot more construction companies need to, to, um, in what respect, you know that like for, n- n- no, but it might be, they're getting a profit. They're getting a bonus. It, it might be a bonus, but I know that, um, whatever profit that they get, it gets divided between the employees. And it's uh, it, it was just a Google search. Hey, it was just a Google search. But even if it's false, it's the principle that, that kind of I know matters. a lot of smaller shops. I know a roofing company that does it. I know a landscaping company that does it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a way of thanking the crew that basically built the brand. Yeah. They do that. They have a certain percentage of profit that is set aside. And then at the end of the year, it's given out as bonuses. And then there's also dinners and get togethers and just celebrations about guys. We did it. The team, the team, we, we pulled this off. And I, and I love that a lot of these other smaller businesses are also offering the same benefits that union 
offers. Mm-hmm. So now you could be competitive with, because I guess the age old question, like everyone's always argument about uh, with the union versus us going on our own is that there's benefits there. There's perks there. There's security there. There's all kinds of stuff. But if you start implementing that into every day, your business, my business, everybody's business, mm-hmm. then we, we both are benefiting here. Sure, I'm not dogging the unions. Everyone can go to the union, do that. It's great. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. It works really well. Um, but why can't we offer the same things here on our end here? But it goes back to, we have to go back to the client and ask for more money Yeah, because absolutely. our rates are too low and our presentation of what our scope of costs are too low because the clients are comparing us to the cash grab guys. Yeah. I, I honestly find that, that too, with all of the, um, like the smaller companies, they want, they have every, um, like good intention of of taking care of their workers and stuff. They want to give people sure. benefits. They want to give them vacation pay. And then, like the the best thing is um, when an employer goes to you and it's just like, we're not going to pay you double time, but I want you to bank your hours. You know what I mean? And I just think like as a worker, that's but we like as a business owner, like you got to do what you got to do to 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 stay afloat because they're because of the cash industry. Like we're just um, in such competition with them, and it. And it really, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's very hard. To Why doesn't the government police the cash industry? I don't know how they can. Um, it just, if everything's cash, there's no record. So here's it. the problem is that homeowners, I was just going to say that you'd have to um, identify the government that you're doing a rental in your home. You have to let them know. Mm-hmm. But they won't do it because by you renovating your home, the value of your home goes up, which means your property taxes go up. And homeowners are not going to do that. So there's lots of renovations that are happening and they do it for that reason because they don't want the property tax assessment to find out that you've spent a million dollars on the inside of your house because guess what? Your property tax just jumped from six to 12 or whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to pay that. So it's I, there's a lot of faults here. Yeah. it's it, And it also comes back to like the, the king of the castle mentality. Like, I remember you said, uh, OSHA, if a homeowner walks on, on a job site and they're not wearing safety shoes and shit like that, OSHA can't touch them because they're king of they're the castle. They're not applicable, yes. So, so I think it's like that that private sector of like, if that's your castle, maybe they, they have uh, bigger, bigger things to worry about or, or stuff like that. I don't know how much manpower, how many resources it would take for the, for the government to run that. I have absolutely no idea, but... Um, well, for the government to even care about doing that. Yeah, that, that's very true. It's, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's there's so many different reasons as to why the construction industry is kind of what it is and kind of all that. Have um, you, Ryan, have you ever thought about getting out of the business? Yeah, actually. Okay, so we're gonna get personal here, and this is why. So I've thought about it. Yeah, yeah. So, but but this is very very personal. Is um. My wife used to help me with my business. And yeah. for all the viewers that are listening, um, uh, April 25th, Manny did a, a Manny Monday um, for a contractor whose wife passed away, and it was a GoFundMe page to help with the kids and stuff. I'm that guy, you know. Um, maybe I should have said that at the beginning of the podcast. No, you didn't have to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that like you reached um, out to me. You sent me a text because yeah. we've been talking and you've course. got my number. Yeah, yeah. And and I was devastated by the news. And then I said in a heartbeat and I said, whatever else you need, you let me know what you need, right? Yeah, of course. And and I just want to say, you know, 
Manny, thank you and everyone yeah, no. in the construction life um, community. If you if you donated, if you just sent a personal DM, you know, thank you and and I I love. I honestly don't love what what happened, but I absolutely love how it was. It brought the construction community together. They were supportive. They were they were very supportive. So in regards to like getting out of the industry, I will still do um, construction and stuff. Like I will still, I'll probably work for someone seven to three, Monday through Friday, um, hopefully benefits pension. But I, it's because I have kids and I want to be present for my kids. You hear it all yeah. the time where, where, um, you know, the person who works in the trades, the spouse or whatever is never home. The other spouse resents them for it and, and stuff like that. It's a very hard life. It's very hard to. This is common in it, the industry. It, exactly. And. And being a business owner, I can't, and it was always my wife that dealt most of my paperwork. Like she was the one emailing clients and stuff like that. So I'm like, in regards to business or family, I, I'll choose family all day, you know, as, as you should. Absolutely. But I understand how people can get so caught up in, in the business side, like being like, oh, I'm, um, I'm, I'm running late. And that's also the thing with uh, construction with like traffic and shit like that. Sometimes it's very hard to be punctual. Like you're driving on the 401, there's fucking construction and, and, and shit like that. Um, but, but dropping kids off and taking care of family duties and oh, yeah. like there's all kinds of stuff. Everybody, every tradesperson I know is, I speak to them, they're going through that. And then when your life is dramatically upended this way, just because of that, like something like that happens and, you can't even imagine how you do all that stuff now. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, you know, it's with the construction industry and owning my own business. Like I, I love construction. I love doing it, but that business side, I'm just, I'm not ready to commit in the situation I'm in. I'm not ready to commit all that time. I would, I would rather spend the time with my kids than giving free fucking quotes to people I agree who are you. just going to waste your fucking time and want a price. I agree with you. So for it, some reason, a lot of clients don't even realize that you have a family. Mm -hmm. You have responsibilities. Exactly. Like uh, you're just a tradesperson who shows up with nothing behind you except mm -hmm. the quote. Yeah. And not the case. Yeah, exactly. And, and they don't know your personal life. They don't know what you're juggling, what you're going through. Um, I'm not saying that they, they should care, but like as a tradesperson trying to get work and, and stuff like that, I, I feel very stuck giving, giving free quotes. You know what I mean? I agree it's with like you. you. You have to do it. I agree with you. Um, so in regards of like getting in the industry, getting out of the industry, I will, I love what I do, Manny. I absolutely love building shit. I love working with my hands. I can never see myself working an office job, whether I do trim or, or something like that. I will still build, um, but I just got to make sure I'm there for my kids. That's yeah. absolutely number one. So it's good that you actually sat down and you're thinking about how you want to move forward and, and you've taken a backseat to the business, but you're still taking care of, you're still a part of the business. Absolutely. I will still right? contribute to, to building because I know that, you know, people need hands and shit like that and, and uh, trades people. Um, I, gu I guess this is a good time to say about, the other company I'm starting to, to make, um, so all the viewers, I'm making a company. I got it trademarked. It's uh, Building Better Minds. I'm working on, it, it's a project to help um, educate folks with the basics of construction, I guess. It doesn't matter what age. If you're interested in construction, you don't know where to start, 
uh, I'm trying to create a project to, or a product uh, to, to help out with it. Cause I understand that if you do want to start construction from scratch, it's extremely intimidating. It, it is very overwhelming with, with the shit you need to know that you don't know and learning. I think learning anything new from scratch can be pretty intimidating, especially if um, you're comfortable where you are. So, and I'll, and I'll let everybody know that I've seen it and I think it's brilliant. Thanks, man. And I think that actually the industry needs it. And uh, we've met a, a few times to discuss it. You, you pick my brain about it and I've given you some thoughts and I'm just, I'm like everybody else right now, just waiting for it to show up and arrive. And so then people can start using it at that point. So, I mean, just watch out for it. But yeah, I, I know you, I don't want you to dive into it because mm -hmm. I want you to finish up what you're working on with it. But once it does come out, you're going to see the industry embrace it. And, that, and that's going to be amazing to see. And, and that's what I love. Like, I love teaching people. I think that when you, when you know something, um, you know how all the older people are just like, what else am I going to do except teach? Like, I want to teach what I know. Like, that's a very good um, I'm feeling to have if you teach people. And the unfortunate part was that when I was a general contractor, or I guess I still am, I don't fucking know. When I was given free fucking quotes, I, just, <laughs> I, ju I justified it of being like, I'm going to go over to the house, whether, it's, whether I do it for free or not, and I'm going to educate them because – Maybe they don't know what the fuck's going on. Maybe they need direction. The majority and, don't. Exactly. And I'm like, there's so many better ways to teach people that is not one-to-one -one kind of deal. Like like your podcast. Like yeah. you're, you're like world fucking wide. You're teaching people this instead of like one-on-one -on -one and I'm fighting fucking traffic to do so kind of deal, right? Um, yeah, that's it. I agree. I totally agree, right? So, it, But it is like... I wanted to chat about the pressures that we all go through. Like everybody that starts in the industry establishes themselves as an individual tradesperson, then decides whether or not to leave the union or leave their current setup and possibly going on their own, taking a big step. There's always these different steps that happen in a construction career. Mm -hmm. And then becoming your owner of a business, becoming an entrepreneur, basically. And then along the way, you're still trying to figure out how to do this. And you're never going to figure it out. It's ever evolving. All you can really do is try to have conversations with as many like-minded people as possible. You will quickly meet a lot of people that subliminally will want you to fail. That's mm -hmm. just human. I've never seen any other species on the planet that actually looks at themselves and goes i want you to fucking fail no the human beings are the only ones that do that right mm -hmm. and so ignore those ones and try to partner up with people and when i say partner i mean find the time to reach out and be genuine about it and ask mm -hmm. i get approached all the time i'll always make time phone call i give up everyone knows on this show i've given up my phone number right mm -hmm. and it's i joke about how i'm on a huge list now with my email and my phone number and all this other crap and i'm like whatever i don't care it's like i know how to block and disnore all that marketing crap but i i sift through it and i i get to the trades people that are reaching out to me and they want to just pick my brain and one guy recently he was aiden and he's like my mom huge fan of yours she told us to start following it i started following it. i think it's amazing do you have some time i've got some questions and i'm like here's my number man tell me when you want to talk we'll talk like you'll have more than one question i guarantee you mm -hmm. i may not have all the answers but i definitely give you some insight from what i've learned from the 300 plus guests that i've spoken to here the jobs that i've done the people i've met through instagram and all kinds of situations like i'm learning every time every time i have a guest on the show i learn 
mm-hmm. and then all i'm doing is trying to share that that's all i'm trying to do and this has been an amazing platform to do that so everyone's asking for more and for more every day i get compliments about the shows and all kinds of stuff a few compliment or not a few dis- constructive criticism about certain audio levels and crap like that and i'm like yeah just calm the hell down and we're figuring it out right yeah. so and i also love that we're i'm also getting invites and requests about can can you would you mind a spectator i want to come on the show but i've got a nephew cousin somebody spouse or whatever they want to sit by and just watch on the show and i'm like maybe we'll get to the point where we'll have bleachers here i don't fucking know but the thing is like that i i love the engagement i love that the construction industry has our backs I mm-hmm. love that we see one, they've got a question or they've got a problem, they've got something going on, and the rest of the construction industry is more than willing to support that back. And that's what I love about it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've gotten to the point where all the a-holes in this business realize that it doesn't fucking bother me anymore. So they don't, they really leave me alone because they know that it doesn't fucking bother me anymore. I don't have time for them. I've got time for everybody else that has, I don't care how small, big, dumb, smart question anything i don't care what it is mm-hmm. so i i will contribute as much as i possibly can until i can't do any more but like you and like everybody else in construction i've got ideas i've got things i want to go i want to try i want to do this i want to do that and all kinds of stuff so right now i'm doing this and i'm focusing on this well i don't know where it leads to we're gonna see i've got yeah. some i had an interesting meeting with you last week i had another interesting meeting last week with somebody else i have two interesting meetings happening next week and i'm like I love the communication process of this whole thing. And that's what we have to start off with, right? And mm-hmm. I'll be very vocal with anybody that wants to either attack the construction industry or not contribute to the construction industry. And we're always trying to figure out how to make this profitable and how to make it positive as well, too. That's my PSA right there. That's like that's the extent of it. So and there's a lot that's what I meant by it. it's pressures. There's pressures. All of the trace people in this business go through all the, and then by the way, at the end of it, when you cross a line and you like equals, then you have your personal life. Mm-hmm. Nobody really discusses the personal life. Everybody is going through shit. People, I told you because you were here and we we're talking, mm-hmm. I've gone through all kinds of crap in the last four years. You know what I mean? That yep. nobody knows on air. Like nobody, only my close circle knows, right? Mm-hmm. And I've I've had conversations with so many other trades people that have gone through all kinds of crap that mm-hmm. they don't share publicly. They don't want to share, but they need to speak to somebody, right? We all need speak. Like, trust me, you're not the only one. I've done it. Everybody else does it. You 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 break. You just break down because you look at your construction life and your personal life, and you're like, what the fuck. Yeah, you're just like, you know, is my construction life really affecting my personal life? And, and hey, man, it chances is. are, yeah, it does, man. It is. Yeah, it is, right? But there is a way in and out of it, and there is a way to help each other. There's a way. There's mm-hmm. definitely a way. And there's, as corny as it may sound, it's very true. This shit will pass, man. Like, Absolutely. This shit will pass. And and the flip side is that even when it's brilliant and everything's perfect and everything's great, mm-hmm. That shit will pass too. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. The good times flow, the bad times flow. Like, you know, it's not always, you know, flowers and rainbows. You uh, know what I mean? Oh, no, yeah. So, no, I mean, what else you want to, ch- like, we're getting close to getting to the 12 questions. I didn't want to touch upon the other uh, segments there, but what, what else you want to chat about? Uh, um, maybe of why why kids or why people aren't maybe going into the trades 
or how we can get more people into the trades. It's money. I think the money is the first thing. It, it's very true. It. I, I think that if everyone got money, um, like got paid more money to do it, they you would see a lot more people. Like if I'm, I'm thinking at the end of World War II where they just had to put up houses, how do they put up all those fucking houses for all the war vets to, to come? You know, It, it was, was bottom wages and it was track building. And I guess that's where the peace... Piecework came. Piecework came into effect, and mm-hmm. like I, I agree with you that if you uh, if you bring more money into the industry as a salary, you're going to get a lot more people coming into the industry. But I don't think it's going to make who is already in this industry work better. They're already the good ones are working good as it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to convince the bad ones to become good ones. I think all it's going to do is just bring in new ones. Yeah, I I think that. Um like I was saying before with the company that pays the dividends to the, to the, to the employees or whatever, I think that that's would be a company who would have a lot of good people in it just because if there was a bad person in it, all the other employees would be like, you know, you need to hurry the fuck up. You need to, to, to get going, stop dragging your feet. You need to, we're all in this together kind of deal, right? Like you're fucking with my profits. Um, And I think that that, that company would, would excel in, in profits and production and everything. Um, but, but there's also like other reasons I, I, w- I would say just, uh, my friend told me this cause I asked him this question, like why, what do you think of the trades kind of deal? And he's just like, I don't like how all the trades hate each other. Like the, the electricians hate the drywallers, hate the plumbers. And, and that's what he sees. Like it might just be the, where's that coming from though, Brian? Is that coming from your personal life? There's, there's just disarray no, in your personal life? To, to be honest, probably like the Instagram. Uh, prop- I thought we were past that. Past that as in? We're, we're past that whole fucking high school peer pressure bullshit. Like you're not part of the cool clubs. Yeah. it's But this is like what somebody like told me. Like it was, it was just an example of what he said, why he didn't like the trades kind of deal. You know what I mean? Like how, how can we get more kids kids in it? But if that... And the problem is there might be so many different reasons as to why people don't want to get in it. it. All they need is just one reason. And that's, that's, that's enough for somebody. I think you're starting with the money. And I know that a lot of people online have said, then just charge more. Mm-hmm. But I think that was fine for 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. And then it started to turn in 2022. Uh, because now I think clients are scaling back projects that were bigger than they can afford and now they're trying to figure out what's the minimum amount we can afford without getting into trouble with a potential what's going to happen if it does Mm -hmm. what i get frustrated with is that everything else outside of construction the prices have gone up right and it's just like i'll give you an example i was downtown in queen west there and everyone knows me, knows I'm a big fiend for banana bread, right? It's just like I'm banana a f- bread's good shit. I'm I'm a fiend, <laughs> right? But I was in a certain establishment, I won't even say the name, but there was a a, a banana bread loaf or, that you can call it a loaf. It was probably I guess a little bit bigger than our timer here, right? So a little a little about the size of the iPhone, but maybe three times as thick. Mm-hmm. And I asked him how much, and he goes, ten ninety nine. And I'm like, fuck you. And I, I literally said, fuck you. <laughs> and I, I go, I'm not paying $10.99 for that. Like, I don't care. There's no such thing as magical banana bread from banana land. It just doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, I get frustrated when, okay, fine, you're a butcher shop and you're selling this and you're charging 
I'm building a home. I'm giving like a brand new bathroom. I'm figuring out all these problems and I'm challenged to charge a certain rate and you're charging 10.99 for a fucking banana bread. Mm-hmm. Everything else around us has gone up. And then when we try to go up a little bit, we get smacked, pushed down. It frustrates me. Yeah, I also think too, like, and anybody else when it comes to like building and renovations, like as I said, everybody else makes the money. The developers make the money. The people selling the products make the money. The investors make the money. Homeowners can make the money. But I just feel like we're we're last. We're the last people to make. Money. If there's <laughs> any money, if there's any money left, that's yeah. right. And <laughs> as a business owner, that's what you. That's your profit. You try to save this. And then it's like, do you become that asshole GC where you treat everybody like shit and you push them until they drop their price and they drop their price and they drop I, their price? I, I, I can't do that. Do I can't do that. I'm too nice of a guy. I can't. I can. I'm too ethical of a I could never do that to to anyone. But I, I did realize in, like midway through my career, like the I'd say maybe seven years ago, I had a conversation. I was like, you guys are charging too much because guess what? I'm going in presenting. I'm not even up charging your prices i'm not even adding a kickback or anything like that i'm not doing any of that shit and i'm still presenting it and the clients are still coming back at me saying you're too high many you're too high and they don't go with me then so i'm like mm-hmm. okay you know what i had to reassess it i'm like my subs are charging too much so you guys have to back down were you able to like find other uh, then i that's exactly uh, the door so then yeah. you, you you have two avenues at that time you either have a conversation with the current sub trades that you built a team with and you trust and, and they're the go-to and they'll always be there for you for your jobs and they'll make you a priority, which is all great, whatever. And you tell them either you drop it or I go get somebody else. And both happened. Mm-hmm. Some would drop it and I would go try somebody else. I mean, the nice thing about this show is that I'm meeting all kinds of trades people and I'm like, listen, I can give you a job. I can talk to you if you want to go this and all this other stuff. So it's not that I'm trying to not work with people that i trust or i've worked with before it's just our objective as gcs is we want to create our pool as big as possible so then i can get more and more projects and then i can get more and more trades on there yeah exactly and i as like a gc we're really stuck in the fucking middle of it all we're always always stuck in the fucking middle and we're always paid last you know what i mean you're trying to please the client you're trying to please the subcontractors and and at the end you're just fucking sitting there being like this is fucking hard this is very difficult and um it's just it, it can be tough man it's it's tough to please everyone it's like you can and then it's like who do you please do you please the client do you please the subcontractor it's it's tough man me these days i please me absolutely you do have to put you first i do if, totally you, if you don't fix you first um then everything around you is going to be broken yeah i i agree you do that's that's unfortunately with everything i've gone through that's one thing that that I have learned is you, you really got to take care of yourself first. In the event of a plane situation, do you not have to put your mask on first and then help others? Yeah. I think that's what the video says. That's what it says. <laughs> I know. Either way you're screwed, but yeah, I mean like the point is that you have to fix what's going on in your life first, whether that's personally, professionally, mm-hmm. whatever, fix that first. And I guarantee you, then you'll just naturally be able to help others. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing. It's like, if you try to please everybody, can't you can't and then when you actually do see somebody who you want to help you're burnt out from it all and you don't so it's like if you are going to help somebody really be um like pick pick the nice ones don't help everybody or as i said you're going to be burnt out i agree so let's do the 12 questions brian fuck yeah let's see what we got you ready for this bring it on 
What is your favorite construction word? Oh. Hmm. I would say uh, I don't want to sound generic, but I love like a like skill, skilled work kind of deal, you know what I mean? Like nothing gets me going more than perfect fucking miters or perfect craftsmanship shit like that. I absolutely Puts love a it. a smile on your face. Man. Oh, like just looking back at it and just being like Fuck, there's nothing wrong with that. It is absolutely perfect. I love looking at it. Can't get any better than that. Yep. What is your least favorite construction word? Um uh, shit, man. It's so funny because I thought of all these questions. I had them all fucking down. And now it's just like fuck. <laughs> um everybody has them nowadays. I give them all out. Everyone knows them. Absolutely. Um construction word. I I would say but I guess it's like a game, like a game show or something like that, where it's like, oh, man, it's all different when you're there and you're being asked. Uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Um, I don't know, my my least favorite construction. Least favorite construction word. Um, shit, man. Uh, I don't know, anything, anything negative, uh, I would say, like anything like shit or um, maybe, I don't know, man, past. Bring, bring me back to this, man. Fuck, I could be sitting here for days. What turns you on in construction? I don't know. Good, good, nice clients, I guess. Like when a, when a client is very understanding, very respectful of the industry. Yeah, absolutely respecting yeah. the industry. That, I love that shit. What turns you off in construction? Um, gr- uh, a greed, disrespect, um, always stepping on top of each other kind of deal. What's your favorite curse word? Oh, I don't know. You can't go wrong with like the classic fuck, man. You, like fuck the fucking fuckers. It can be used absolutely <laughs> anywhere. It's it's amazing kind of deal. What's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? All right. Well, for the viewers listening, all the maybe the younger generations uh, should know this, probably know this. So I, I play games. A uh, new game came out called Call of Duty Warzone. So I am going to say an AC-130 gunship, I think, is the most badass vehicle in the fucking world. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that shit. What's your least favorite vehicle in the world? Um, Jeez. It would have to be... Um, There's been quite a cross-section of typical ones. Yeah, and I want to say something different, you know what I mean? Well, we've had Smart, we've had Cube, that comes up a lot. We've had um, Pinto, Pinto came up. Uh, yeah, um, shit, man. Uh, you know what? Fuck, private jets. I don't know, burning all that fucking fuel. Just private jets, that's actually a good one. Yeah, just, you don't need that, I don't think. That's a good one. Um, what construction sound or noise do you love? Ooh, I, I I don't know. I, I just love the sound of the miter saw cutting wood. Just jump, jump. What construction sound noise do you hate? <laughs> we haven't even talked about the uh, tools that you like, man. What color oh, are you? Fuck. Um. Oh shit! I'm the most generic motherfucker. You're uh, Dewalt. Yeah. You're Dewalt. <laughs> I love how you just called it. <laughs> That's so funny. It, 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 now now let me say like because you you start with the. Uh, you you get the the system like the six tools that have all the thing and then the they bank, get you yeah, and then little. they get you on the battery fucking platform and then you buy all that kind of shit. But I have to say that there's certain tool companies that have the best of every tool like the Sawzall of Milwaukee, 
the the Makita drill is very light. You know what I mean? So I think every brand has the best of a tool in correct. their arsenal. Yeah, like the the Dewalt the uh, the chop saw is very common kind yep. of deal. I'm not saying it's the best, yep. but it's it, it gets the job done. But Dewalt's multi oscillating tool has got to be the worst. Oh man, it's <laughs> I don't know. And yeah, I, I gotta I gotta say all of them good. And we've always said on the show, whatever works for you. Absolutely. Okay, as long as it works it. and as long as you're happy with what you're using, exactly. it gets the job done, man. Exactly. It's just got to be reliable. So the majority of your stuff is yellow? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so, yeah. Okay, all right. So, But that still doesn't answer the question. <laughs> Excellent. What construction ceremonies do you hate? Uh, when when you turn when you turn the water on, you still hear water flowing. Oh, when there shouldn't God. fucking be. Oh, yo, your I've, heart fucking I've, stops. I've been, I've been, like, all of a sudden, you, you're almost like $6 million man, and your ears are staring, and you're like trying to crank oh. it and trying to figure out if you hear anything at all. Yeah, there, there was a time I was working for, for a guy, and we didn't put a, a stopper or whatever oh, oh. On, the, on the thing. So I'm turning the water on, and I keep hearing it, and he's all the way at like all the way at the second story and I'm all the way in the basement and I just hear turn the fucking water off and I was like oh shit and, and I go upstairs with water all over it was unbelievable but here's the flip side I remember the days where we would be doing a job and you're cutting into the clay pipe to connect mm-hmm. you're giving the heads up to the clients don't use the bathroom oh. and as soon as you cut and you're open <laughs> you hear the flush yeah. and all you try to figure out is how long that shit <laughs> is literally gonna take to get to your point man Yeah, I fucking hate that part of the job <laughs> absolutely it's yeah running water man scary shit all right back to what's your least favorite construction word um i i would say like fuck you kind of deal it's basically like that's your problem not mine i don't yeah. want to help you with that problem yeah. kind of deal Any, anything like that what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day um i was thinking about this i i don't know if i would love to be actually if i were to like do another trade or something like that. Could be anything in the world. I know, but I I, I love construction, and I, cool. I don't know what else I'd I'd fucking do unless I'm like a a fucking black belt martial artist. I think that'd be pretty dope. But in the in the in regards to the trades, like one thing I absolutely love is like a good mudding job. You know what I mean? Like literally putting glass on. a I wall love watching them doing it. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's fucking cool. I love that. It's still in my opinion that that's not the most important trade on the job site. Oh, of course. <laughs> They're all equally important, okay? Absolutely. But for some I weird mean. reason, drywallers think that's that's the important one on the job. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? As I said, man, I'm a, I'm a very honest person. I can't, I don't like lying to people. I think it's very honest. Anything to do with lying, like politician, lawyer, <laughs> something, something like that, even an office job. Man. I was just going to say, I, so you can't be a politician, you can't be a lawyer. I, I'm, I'm too, a too, just too nice of a guy. I, I just... You could be a barkeep. <laughs> they never lie. Yeah? <laughs> they always listen and tell the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say uh, when you arrive at the pearly gates? I, I just realized exactly. No, uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, she's been waiting a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seeing, no, it so. has been a long time, but I, I apologize. I didn't really even realize that. No, I was ready. I've been... That, the reason why I didn't know any other questions is because I knew exactly what I would say to that one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was waiting for that last one. So... That's what it is, man. It is, man. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show and sharing. And I know it's it's difficult still. It's going to be difficult for a while. Yeah, the it just kind of it just kind of happened. And, and and the worst part is is you know you you try to to do everything. You work out. You eat healthy and stuff like that. And and 
you think it's going to fix it and, and it doesn't man and and i hear like you just got to grow around it but i know it, it's still fresh and i'm still waiting for it and life sucks and you know to all the listeners i guess hearing you just never know what's going on in someone's life so be kind where you can and look out for each other and tell your loved ones you love them so that's simple, it. As simple as that, man. Absolutely. So you can reach out because you're still taking work on if, if if anybody wants to reach out to you, but no bullshit quotes or whatever. Just reach out for legitimate, right? Um. Or no. I no? I wouldn't even say that, man. Like I'm still I still gotta fix my house. I gotta move. And, you got shit to do. And, but if you want to pick my brain, if you want to ask questions and shit like that, I'm more than happy. You know. Um. But when it comes to like free quotes and actually doing work, um. Sorry, man. I'm on. No, no, Hi, which it is, is right fair. now. Yeah. Which is totally fair, man. Absolutely. All right, Brian. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, Manny. We'll we'll see you again sometime. Oh, no, we'll soon. talk soon. We'll talk soon. And all the best with what you're working on and hopefully maybe even next year we'll see it. Most likely we'll see it next year. Yeah, absolutely. I got you know I'm I'm working on it, I'm passionate about it and I'm I'm excited to bring it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait. Reach out anytime and shoot the whatever. Text me and just let me know what, what's going on and where it's at. And if you got any thoughts you want to share and want my opinion, I will always give you my honest opinion about it, right? I won't sugarcoat shit. I'll tell you the truth. If it was crap, I would tell you it was crap. It's not crap. Absolutely. It's actually a really good idea, right? So thanks, a lot, man. thanks, brother. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, Angelina. We are out of here.